Hello and welcome, everyone. Uh, this is Kingdom in Context, and I'm Sean. We thank you for joining here for our Sabbath Fellowship and Q&A. And today's going to be a little bit different because we have a, a fun announcement to make. Yeah, some, a few people already made it for us in the chat, but <laughs> we'll go ahead and do what we planned. <laughs> yeah, you may be able to see our, our name placard here. It reads Sean and Lindsay and Levi because um, we are pregnant. Uh, my wife more than I. Are you play the video? Yes. But <laughs> the I, video is the announcement. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how this works. So let's. we're also going to play a video for you. <laughs> it's very short. This okay. was supposed to be the announcement. Here we go. You are my one and only. And you can wrap your fingers around my thumb and hold me tight. You are my one and only You are my one and only You can wrap your fingers round my thumb And hold me tight You are my one and only all right. <laughs> Exciting. Um, yeah. So we're pregnant. Yeah. So, so today's show is going to be a little short. Um, Sean and I <clears throat> had a little trip yesterday down to Fort Collins to see my nephew play in a, a, a play that he did that ended up being like three and a half hours long. And uh, we had to stay down in town because we got snow up here and couldn't drive back. So it's just been a long 24, 36 hours or so. We're both really tired. I'm super fatigued anyways from being pregnant. Yeah. So we didn't. I, I'm having sympathy fatigue. Yeah. So we didn't plan any scripture reading for today. We just wanted to make the announcement and take a few questions and, you know, do a little Q&A, maybe 20 or 30 minutes. But big time prayer request. Um, obviously, with, you know, the loss that we experienced last November, we've both you know, had to deal with some anxiety and fear this time around. Um, but I really, I think the father has been lifting a lot of it for me, at least through prayer. So we would just appreciate ongoing prayers for a healthy pregnancy with no yeah. complications. And also that we would be able to do what we plan, which is a home delivery with a midwife. So, and you know, anyone who's done home delivery with a midwife knows that it's not just certain complications that can cause you to not be able to deliver with your midwife at home. There's like, you know, if you have twins, you can't deliver at home with a midwife. I mean, the midwife can't deliver with you. I mean, you could always do unassisted if you really wanted, but I'll do it. I'm baby, <laughs> baby catcher 5,000 right here. This will be my first. So I would prefer to have a midwife with me and she's really sweet. She's a believer. Um, the way that we ended up with her, she, I mean, Wyoming has very few midwives that are registered to actually deliver babies here. And she has a really neat story that she told us about when we went for our first visit with her last month. She said she was originally in Montana and she's actually Native American. And she, circumstances brought her to a specific area in Wyoming called Guernsey. And while she was there setting up her midwifery practice, she started looking into some of her heritage there because she's actually Cheyenne Indian. And that's one of their territories in Guernsey. 
And she started reading about her heritage and found out that it was like her great grandmother or something like that. One of her ancestors was actually like the midwife for their tribe in that area. And she had no idea the whole time, her whole life, she had gotten into midwifery. So just, um, and she's a believer, she's a Christian and very sweet lady homeschools her kids. So she's very much on the same page with us as far as, you know, perspectives on life. And we just feel very blessed to be able to work with her. So we just really would appreciate prayers that, you know, we would really get to experience this pregnancy the way God designed it. And just, you know, prayers against any fear or anxiety that might be creeping up for us because of our last experience. So we would really appreciate that from you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Praying for a healthy, healthy pregnancy and delivery for yeah. sure. So we're excited. Um, Levi, Joshua, yeah. Griffin. Yeah, we wanted to honor my little brother. A lot of you know he passed away two years ago. So Joshua was his name, is mm -hmm. his name. <laughs> and I liked and Levi. Yes, we both love Levi. Obviously, for obvious reasons, <laughs> there are actually two other Levi's on my dad's side of the family. Um, children of my different cousins that I have. So he'll be the third Levi on that side of the family. But that's okay. He'll be our only Levi. That's right. <laughs> so we're excited. Hopefully you guys can hear us well because we're not using a, our real mic. We're just using the laptop mic yeah. today. But um, <clears throat> but yeah, so we have a baby on the way. And many of you may be thinking, wait a minute, November. Is this what happens about the the first ever kingdom conference, virtual conference, <laughs> 2023 that we're that we're holding at uh, in from the 16th to the 22nd of October? Um, that's why we planned it at that date instead of later, because I wanted to give people enough time for an announcement as well as make sure we can, you know, unless it's a super early delivery, which we're praying against, which, that, we're, which we don't want. <laughs> right. Uh, we want an on-time delivery, but uh, otherwise the conference will, will already have been aired and played. So, so yeah, we're excited about it. Um, I'm excited for us. Yeah. Me Things will be great. Yes. Nabby sky. We had a um, blood test done, which I guess actually is, far more accurate than doing ultrasounds because actually they can test and see a Y chromosome in my blood. If I have a, if I have a baby boy. So we had that done and Christy, uh, I got, we got pregnant probably like mid February. I'm today. I'm according to the little app tracker app that I use and what my midwife uses. Um, I'm 12 weeks today. So we're officially in the second trimester. That's why we're announcing today. We decided to, you know, do the traditional waiting till the second trimester thing. I did let some people know in a, in a women group of a Torah girls group on Facebook. I told them right when we found out, because I, I have struggled with fear and anxiety and I really needed a lot of prayer support. And so I had to let some people know, and it was a nice private group that, it, you know, it's, I was able to share in there and nobody let the cat out of the bag for me from that group, which I appreciate. So, yeah. Yeah. So we've already been buying little baby clothes yeah. and um, <laughs> trying to get ready. It's exciting. Um, but yeah, we just want to share with you guys in case, you know, not only in case as we go forward in the next several months, um, if Lindsay's not here one Saturday, that's what's going on. She's, she's asleep or she's, you know, just not feeling it. So I don't require her to be over here with me. It's just a blessing when she gets to join me for these. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, that's what's happening. Um, 
but man, like the, the fatigue has been interesting. Yes. I had a, I had a lot of fatigue the first time around in November. Um, of course that pregnancy didn't last very long. So this time, yes, that's my main symptom is I'm just super tired and getting out of breath, just doing the simplest things. I mean, bending over to pick something up, I come back up and I have to like stand there and catch my breath for a minute. So, but I've been giving myself permission to, if I need to lay down throughout the day, I'm normally not a nap person. I hate taking naps. I, a, I hate wasting the time during the day when I could be getting something done in the kitchen or around the house or with my jewelry. And B, I don't like falling asleep in the middle of the day because when I wake up an hour or two later, I'm so like extra groggy. It takes me a while to wake up from a nap and I don't like that feeling, but I, you know, I've just been trying to be very kind to myself, to my body this time around. And you know, reminding myself that I'm growing an entire human inside of me. So if I need to nap throughout the day, I mean, one day I laid in bed, like literally all day, just cause I was just so tired. I didn't have the energy to do anything. Not just so. any human, but a wonderful little man of God. who's <laughs> going to be both a word nerd and a meme Lord at the same time. That's a huge <laughs> toll to be growing inside of you, baby. Well, he'll be a meme Lord when he's like 16 or 17, when we allow him to have a device, because we've yeah. already decided that, you know, devices are going to be treated like I'm, alcohol or something that, you know, you, you have to be of a legal age to, yeah. to do it. So as, as I'm helping to develop a social media company. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. I'm sure he'll be making bad puns though. Way before then, like as soon as he, he can talk, yeah. I'll be teaching him some bad puns. He'll have lots of dad jokes way before that's he's right. a dad. <laughs> um, so yeah. That's that's our huge announcement. Yeah. Um, we didn't really have any poppers. We should add some poppers and <laughs> streamer stuff, but we didn't really do that. Um, I'm just really exhausted today. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It's crazy. I'm really exhausted today. Um, well, I'm naturally exhausted. It's crazy. Well, we had to get an Airbnb down. I mean, we're only an hour away from Fort Collins, but when it snows, and they got snow in Fort Collins too, but when it snows. There's two mountain passes that we Yes. Have. There's only two ways to get to our house because we live at the top of a valley, which is at in 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 a valley in between like a mountain bowl, ranges, bowl of mountain ranges, and so we live at like eighty five hundred feet, and you can't you have to go through the, the only two major roads to get to where we live. There's two mountain passes, so this time of year when it snows sporadically, sometimes we get stuck out of town. Yeah, so we, you know, there was snow in the forecast. And we figured we'll just we'll just get an Airbnb and just stay down there for the night. And sometimes it doesn't snow when the forecast says it snows, which always makes me really mad if we do something like that. But it definitely snowed last night. And the bed at the Airbnb was so, it was too soft. It was too. It was, um, it was not, it was not good. It was yeah, not right for us. So we so. didn't get very good sleep. Plus I went to bed way past my bedtime because of how late my, my nephew's play went. I'm usually ready for bed. I'm sundowning by nine and I'm in bed by 10. So I, I mean, I didn't get to sleep till very late last night. So I kind of feel aside from the pregnancy fatigue, I feel like a, that weird kind of hangover feeling, you know, when you stay up too late. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're just going to try and keep this short today. Um, if anyone has. You take a few questions. Yeah. Any Bible question. I mean, we can answer other questions about like the pregnancy and the baby if you're interested, but I think we've probably shared. We've shared everything we know everything so far. Everything we know so far. So. It's the size of a, a lime today. No, he's a plum today. Oh, he's a plum. Sorry. 
he's a he's plum sized yeah. already inside of inside of my lovely wife. <laughs> so we're excited and uh, we hope in the future to give you further announcements and further updates and all that. We just morning thing. Just really value your prayer. Yeah. yeah. Big time. Yeah. We just want a, a healthy pregnancy. Yeah. So, so if you do have any questions about the Bible, we can talk about that because we, you know, I would hate to waste an opportunity to, to have everybody here and, uh, and not have a chance to talk about the Bible. So yeah. If you guys have any questions, put them in all capitalization and uh, we'll take a few, maybe do 10 or 15 minutes, try to answer some questions for you. Yeah. Otherwise <laughs> I don't have much to say today, I guess, other than all that. <laughs> oh, and that little, video the design in that video is from a lady named heather boyd she actually has these little maternity earrings it's a little pregnant lady in a baby carriage and i just wanted to do something wire related for my announcement so that is not a product i'm selling that's not a tutorial i'm giving out that is her design and if anybody you know is interested in those i can always you know send you an etsy link for her earrings but i contacted her before i posted that and she gave me her blessing for it so i just want to shout her out that that is not my design that is 100 hers and it just inspired me for my announcement so it's like bobby e's wife is pregnant also congratulations bobby congrats it's exciting yeah um doubtless thomas uh levi joshua griffin that's is his name that's the name that we picked up um <laughs> bobby e, that's, that's a good question that's a is it i mean well yeah it is but that's happening a lot these days but it's definitely not in the scriptures this this would we actually joked about this uh, two days ago, but yeah. this would be you know literal cannibalism. Um, this would be eating and drinking blood. So um, this is definitely not um, allowed from God's law and from His instructions. And it actually is in the scripture, but it's mentioned as a curse right. for the women of Babylon or the Israelite women in Babylon who will be cursed to eat their afterbirth because they're starving. So. Yeah. And even if you were to drain all the blood out of it, it's a human organ. Yeah. So I don't know how anyone can justify that from a Torah standpoint, because you're, you're eating, you're consuming human flesh. Now for, I've looked into this for any women out there who are wondering um, if you are, if you do believe that there is real health benefits to consuming placenta after birth, there's actually um deer placenta and beef placenta that are dehydrated and sold in capsule form that you can find online. If you really want to, you know, utilize that, you know, after, after birth. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of like, I guess I would consider it similar to consuming, like I take beef liver capsules. I take capsules that are um, um, a number of beef organs like heart and kidney and gallbladder and stuff like that. So I'm, I don't see anything wrong with consuming an animals that's been properly prepared. Um, but I don't think I'll be doing it. <laughs> so just in case anyone's curious. Yeah. We're not into that. No, nah. <laughs> no, nah, the liver and the heart and the gallbladder and those things are enough for me. <laughs> that should have enough nutrients in it. Okay. We've got, um, we got our first question. So let's. Go here to uh, Diego. Hello, brother. He's, he's asking um, Romans 9.10 about the twins, Jacob and Esau. Um, one's, one's called hated, the other one's loved. And I, I know you're trying to give a summary because you only have so many so many characters to write your question. But let's look at the text itself because it it's not it, there's more to it um, 
than what's portrayed in your summary. And of course, context is very important. So um, this is on screen here. Um, this is, we'll start in verse 10, but we'll read down through 13. And it says, not only that, but Rebecca's children were conceived by one man, our father Isaac, yet before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad in order that God's plan of election might stand, not by works by him, excuse me, not by works, but by him who, was, who calls, Rebecca was told the older will serve the younger. So it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Now, a lot of people in this, I think, is what you're asking, Diego. Oh, man. This is what I was asking about the battery earlier. Oh, I didn't hear you ask about the battery. Do we have a cord for it? Um, it's in the, it's in, if you can, if you'll have to bend over. <laughs> I can do that. Okay. <laughs> it's in the office, in my office below my desk. Okay, what's it look like? It's, white? it's, it's white. Yeah, it's the white cord. So, um. All right, so verse 13 is not the same connection as verse 12. So verse 13 is a totally different concept. Um, it's, it's, it's being quoted from something different from Malachi chapter 1, 2 through 3, after we see the events of Esau, oops, after we see the events of Esau, his life. And you get that, uh, the whole lifespan of Esau, the prophet Malachi, in retrospect, chastising the, the uh, Levites, for their unfaithfulness, references Esau as someone who was disobedient. And so that's why he was considered hated versus Jacob, who was obedient and faithfully followed the commandments of God. And therefore, he was considered loved. Um, very much just like what First John chapter 2, verse 3 through 6 talks about, right? As this is the qualifier for walking in, a, in love with God is to keep the commandments. And so... I know because of the way those two are pushed together in verse 12 and first verse 13 of Romans 10, it can be a little bit. Yeah, I can't reach. Can that come over further at all? It's going to take me a minute. Okay. Um, we've we've got to have a. Hey. I've got it. I just have to it Well, I was going to say before you do, do all that. All right. Never mind. breath. Thank you, sweetie. Hey, you're welcome. All right. Now, had I known that that was all required, I would have done that. So next time, just let me know. <laughs> and I will... Uh, I didn't realize all that would be required. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it would be long enough. So, yeah, that's, that's why I understand how that passage can look a little confusing if you think that those two verses are quoting from the same area in the Old Testament, but they're not. Verse 12 is, is quoting uh, from Genesis. Um, I think it's 25, um, but 26, but Malachi, uh, verse 13 is quoting from, from Malachi chapter two. So, or chapter one, I believe. So, um, that's, it's a totally different concept. And that's just, it's kind of like its own little summary statement of the idea of obedience. Because remember in chapters nine and 10 of Romans, Paul is breaking down the idea of how the disobedience were grafted out were cut from the true vine, which is Christ. They were grafted out of Israel. So therefore, Esau would be that example of someone at the end of his life. He's he's considered hated because he's turned his heart perpetually throughout his life against Yahweh and is grafted out of the promises of his great grandfather, Abraham or his grandfather, Abraham. So um, this is 
you know, hopefully that's some help for you as far as breaking down those passages. Let me see if I can find another question real quick. Oh, Jake, I appreciate the super chat, man. For Levi, <laughs> man, oh, man, bless your family. Thank, Thank you, man. Thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah, I really appreciate the super chat. That's a blessing. Um, all right. So Sharon is asking, do you believe Yah knows every decision we are going to make? Um, I think he, this kind of goes in the predetermination, you know, concept yeah. of, of do you have free will or not? Like, like I shared in an interview recently with that, that lady uh, with the channel free float from Greece, Miss Maria, she asked me a similar question, you know, and it, my, my answer is very similar. It's because Yahweh knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. He also can organize events to make the ending happen or to make an outcome happen that he desires. And this is where entire set side segments of philosophical theism comes into play. It's called open theism to where they believe that um, there is no, there is no future that Yah knows, but only that he makes it come to pass according to his will. And, and they call it open theism, meaning that the future is open and that there is nothing predetermined and that it's just that Yahweh decrees something. But yet, like we just had from our friend Diego's question, before Isaac was born, Paul reminds us in Romans 9, quoting back from Genesis 25, before Isaac was born, he was already prophesied to be um, the priest over Esau. So that's why it calls him the one that Esau serves. The, the younger, the older will serve the younger. So, and he also got the family blessing and, and the inheritance and everything too. So that was, that was announced before he was born. So did that mean that Esau could never have repented, even though Yahweh knew a life? No, it doesn't. It just means that Esau still had the, the opportunity to repent, even though the father knew the Esau was going to make some bad decisions and give away his birthright as well as his blessing. So I just hope to make that clear because of, how do I say this? Um, he does know the future and he can prophesy certain things, but at the same time, how do I say this? Um, there's, it's a little more in depth when it comes to certain specifics, but I think these two questions actually really go well together because when we dig into Jubilees, the account in Jubilees, and I think it's chapter 22 where Abraham goes to Rebecca and he actually tells her, Hey, I've been noticing that Isaac is favoring Esau, but he shouldn't be. So make sure that Isaac gets the blessing and not Esau because you didn't want to give the priesthood to someone who's not faithful to Yahweh. And so Abraham saw this happening. How did Yahweh know that this was going to happen before, before Isaac and Esau were born? It does tell us he knows the end from the beginning. Um, it could have been because Yahweh had already knew what was in Isaac's heart pertaining to his lack of parenting. <laughs> Because that's really kind of what it boils down to. And that's why I say there's more details. And I, I love that these two questions are paired to next to each other because I get to just, you know, expound upon the previous example with, with Isaac and, uh, and Jacob. Um, excuse me, with Isaac, Esau, excuse, Isaac, Jacob, and Esau. Because it, it, if, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not as if Yahweh's dooming Esau to not be able to repent. He calls Esau to repentance. He gives him opportunities to repent. Um, Jacob shows great love to Esau and gives him an opportunity to be welcomed into the family and participate in their behavior. But this is why I said, if we pair up the two long, the, the whole story that we get from Genesis and Jubilees pertaining to Esau's behavior, we see that it was a systematic decision over time 
to rebel, to hate his own family, and to not do the ways of righteousness. He also broke the covenant by marrying uh, Canaanite women. And just, you know, there was, he, he made a lot of persistent, longstanding mistakes that turned his heart away from Yahweh. And, um, and Isaac did not, how do I say this? We don't see any moments where Isaac truly like grabbed Esau and was like, what are you doing, boy? Like, I didn't raise you this way. I don't live this way. Why are you living this way? What are you doing, boy? Instead, he was just going to go and give him the, the priesthood. That's no, that's a no, no. <laughs> that's yeah. the, you, you know, so this is why Abraham had to intervene and say no, to Rebecca, make sure Isaac gets the priesthood. And then we see the story unfold later with, with the whole thing in the tent and Esau's or Isaac's blind. And, you know, she puts the, the furry animal fur on, on Jacob's skin. And so we see the whole thing play out. It's a famous story, but they're all that backstory gives us a lot of inclination to if Yahweh isn't predicting the future, but he's just making predictions or he's making, he has a strong indication on what's going to happen based on people's behavior. Well, then in that story, he could clearly look at Isaac's behavior and say, he's going to not do right by Esau and give the priesthood to the wrong person. And Jacob's going to be left out when Jacob deserves the priesthood. So it's just, it's, it's hard to, um, that's the shortest and most uh, efficient way I can think of to express this idea of the father would not call people to repentance if it weren't possible. So to say that someone's doomed to condemnation, um, it is, it's, that's stated clearly. That's, you know, second Peter, that's not the will of Yahweh. It's his will that all be saved, that all come to repentance. It's not his will that any should perish. Um, he's, it's an open invitation to all of mankind that if you believe in him, and that means by extension, his son, the, the ultimate savior sent for you in his representation. If you believe in Yahweh, if you believe in the son, um, specifically now that his son is, is the high priest of the covenant, um, then it's, it's an open invitation to all of mankind through all nations that you can be grafted into Israel and be saved. That would not be an open call to everybody if it was already predetermined for some people to never receive the offer or to never be able to repent. So hopefully that's a, as good of an answer as you can, as you can, as I can come up with on the spot in my extreme tiredness. <laughs> Static King is asking, are the uh, seven spirits of God, seven angel priests? This is my understanding that the references in, in Isaiah 11 and Revelation one is referencing the seven archangels of God mentioned in Enoch chapter 20, um, which is the, um, that the archangels of God who minister in the house of God, we also see them again. I think it's Enoch 70, 71. And, uh, and yes, they, they have represented, they're represented as the seven spirits of God who represent wisdom and knowledge and, you know, and, and mercy and counsel. But that's, you know, in the same way that Yeshua is the lamb, Yeshua is the, you know, there's also metaphors for other characters in scripture and other concepts. Um, this is, this is my understanding of why I would say in revelation one that, you know, you see the son of man who holds the seven spirits of God in his hand. That's a reference to someone who has the power over those entities. So that'd be my understanding of something like that. All right, Ryan, thank you for your question. Um, I try not to dig too deep into, I just want to let you, everyone know that's watching right now. And also Ryan, I, I'm not going to avoid your question, but at the same time, we try not to just like we, we uphold a, a group rule in the live chat, as well as our other social media accounts where we have moderators and we have a group where people can interact and ask questions about scripture. We try not to 
focus the questions specifically on other ministries. So I'm going to do my best to say I appreciate other ministries that are out there, but we may not agree with everything they teach. And so the specific channel that you're asking about, um, this is a, to my understanding, um, the, the man who runs that channel, he married a lady from the Philippines. And it seems as if some of his interpretation is now influenced by that, if I could put that, put it lovingly like that. And so he has a lot of videos on trying to express the, his idea uh, that the Garden of Eden is originally in the Philippines. And there's just he has a lot of what I would call theories that he is very passionate about. And um, and that's fine. And I just, you know, I, if, if, I haven't seen everything that they produce. And I would I would hope that they have other other videos that just teach the word of God as opposed to um making it more of like a, 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 a series of videos that are more centered around a specific ethnic group and a specific people of a specific island nation. So, um, yeah, uh, but ultimately, I don't believe a lot of the things they claim that trace back to the Philippines. I'd, I don't agree with what he claims is evidence for it because of some of the books that he, he pulls from. And so, but, you know, may may God use them to share Christ and discipleship properly and maybe they reach people. And that's I'll just leave it at that. All right. One million likes is asking some of the Torah laws. You don't take literal. Some you do. How do you know? How do you how? How, what, do, you know? how do you know what ones to take literal? Just reading many verses. You can't get enough context and clues. Um just read enough verses you can. Well, it, it's kind I of case e. by don't case. Actually wear tassels. Yeah, I think it's a case by case, though, brother. Um, you have to. This is why we're always talking about context in the sense of you're not just reading the the surrounding verses around whatever line or statement that you're questioning. You read the whole chapter. You may even read the chapter before and after. Sometimes you read the entire book because you'll see ten chapters earlier. You'll see this thing expressed and talked about as well. For the example you brought up with tassels, that's in, uh, what is it, um, Deuteronomy no, 22 and Numbers 15. So you have two different spots to read about it. You also see Yeshua wearing them in the Gospels, being touched, the people reaching out for them and things. So we see there was a longstanding history for that, for that practice and that command. Um, I'm wearing my tassels right now. Me so we, we believe it's an eternal command. Um, yeah, it's just... Uh, so, yeah, you'd have to do a case by case question as far as like which ones to take literal, and which ones not, because that's where the context comes in as far as the explanations of what they apply to and what, how you practice them. Well, I would say, first of all, all his commands are literal. So there are no commands that are just given and it's just, oh, there's just a spiritual application for this. People didn't have to do this literally because I don't know of any commandment that you could say isn't a literal command if he tells you to do something you do it literally in that way. Now, as far as applying it while we are living in the dispersion, where we're not in the land gathered as one nation under Yahweh, we do not have a little Levitical priesthood on the ground. We don't have a tabernacle or temple. A good rule of thumb is if you can do it literally in the dispersion, it's a literal command that you should do while you're in the dispersion. So tassels would be one of those. You you can put tassels on your clothes. Now they may not look like the tassels. It seems like back then it might've been the actual hem of their garments um, had fringe around them. 
you may not be able to do that to all your clothing. We, we don't do that to all our clothing. We have little tassels that I made that are traditional that we pin on to our clothing. Modern traditional. Yeah, yeah. modern tradition. Um, but that is how we, you know, apply that as best we can, literally speaking, while we're in the dispersion. Now, all the commands for sacrifices to bring to the, pre the priests for the feasts, we can't literally keep those. So that's how I would encourage you as you're reading to figure out what applies and what doesn't apply while we're not gathered under a lot of the context that surrounds a lot of those commands in the first five books. Well, some of the first five books, because Genesis isn't Genesis is more history than it is law, but yeah. Anyways. Thank you, sweetie. Barbara is asking, can you explain how Yeshua is the son of the most high Elohim Yahweh yet is one with the father Yahweh in creation? I don't, I don't know what you mean by in creation, but I know that the references to the word one being used in John 17 by Yeshua is one in unity and purpose. It doesn't mean ontology. It's not one in physical being or essence. This isn't Greek philosophy. It's uh, the Hebrew word for akkad, which means you're one in unity of purpose and doctrine. So you have the same mission. You think the same thoughts. You agree with the same outcomes and conclusions. You teach the same discipleship. It's similar to a husband and wife becoming one flesh, but they're still two separate, unique individuals. And there's actually an authority structure within that where the man is the head over the woman, the husband is the head over the wife. You don't want so. to become one flesh. Maybe we can <laughs> grow our heads together. We can just do broadcasts like this. Now, it's not a one-to-one -one comparison with marriage. I don't like how a lot of Christianity has taken marriage and said, this is the example of us and God because we are the bride. Because we and Yeshua or Yeshua and the father, they're not married romantically. They don't. Um, they, they don't do the things that married couples do together. So it's not an exact comparison, but that's why I say it's similar to how the language used for a man and wife is that they are one flesh, but everybody knows we're not literally one flesh. We're one in purpose, in spirit, in doctrine, hopefully, if you're equally yoked, everything that Sean's explaining. So that's how I usually answer that question is think about a husband and wife being called one flesh. I mean, for whatever reason, it's very easy to apply that in the proper figurative manner with husbands and wives. But when it comes to father and son, all of a sudden one means there's just one of them somehow. So, yeah. Yes. Um, <clears throat> let's go here to uh, Feeble as Frail is asking... In Luke 23, 44, when it went dark at Yeshua's death, was it possible there was another Babylon eclipse in the sun? Sort of like maybe Satan gloating, triumphing over the death of Messiah. Speculation, but maybe. Um, I don't think so. I think it was clouds because of the, um, uh, I can't remember what verse off the top of my head. I don't think it's actually in the Luke 23 passage that you said. It just says it went dark. But um, I just, I would assume that it was just clouds that passed over because it was, um, it was, really dark and um and i'm pretty sure there was i want to say there was thunder I don't but remember. um but there's a but it, to me it would make a lot of sense if it was actually just clouds because that's actually what we're going to see as well on the day of the lord yeshua's return um a day of thick darkness and clouds uh that covers the sun the light of the sun so just it would make a lot of sense but 
maybe if someone um, knows one of the parallel accounts, if it, if it uses the word clouds or if it just says it went dark, but I personally would put my money on the clouds personally. And I'm the one who come up with the Babylon theories. <laughs> I'm the one who first introduced the idea of the mother Babylon theory. So I'll take that for what it's worth. I don't know. I could be wrong, but um, hang on. I think I missed one. Uh, a Fico man revealed is asking, when's the new covenant start for us? That's at the resurrection, brother. Um, T, uh, one T, we'll just call him one T. He's asking, what, what does the Bible say about men shaving under the new covenant? I don't think it does. It would say the same thing it says about it under the old covenant where you're not supposed to mar the edges of your beard or the temples of your head in, and the context is within, um, pagan worship to gods to false gods there was a specific canaanite god called oratol that they that they uh would shave their heads to and mar their sides mar not just shave but mar which yeah. is an actual it's like ripping out yeah yeah um isaiah chavez is asking um when are you and fresh Salberg going to do another video together i don't know i haven't i haven't asked him yet um i know that um yeah i don't know i'll we'll have to reach out to him Let's just do like yeah. a couple more. Yeah, okay. All right, Julie Steinberg is asking, how many of each unclean animal was on the ark? Uh, two or two pairs. I, I, I think it says pairs, so it's like two pairs. Just like it says seven pairs. That's why we would we calculate 14 um, of each clean animal. 14, right? 14 pairs of each clean animal. Two pairs of unclean animals, so... And then that's how they would go two by two into the ark. Um, Carl, brother, yeah, we uh, we set up the we we don't, we would encourage wait until after the Sabbath for one, but uh, we appreciate uh, the, the kind gesture as far as asking about whether it's a donation or just buying the book. But it's it takes longer if you send me a donation and ask specifically for a book in return just because of the whole mailing system. If you want the book quicker, um, you can do that on Amazon at the video in the video description below, and you'll get it like super fast. And so um, it's up to you. It's just up to you, brother. Yeah. We're appreciative for any of that support. So however you want to support us, whatever, whichever avenues that we offer that you would like to use, that's completely up to you. And we're just grateful for it. So. Yeah. Jackie, thank you for the super chat, Jackie Johnson. I appreciate that. It's amazing. Hmm. Oh, West Wales is in Costa Rica. He's gonna come back with dreads. <laughs> uh, Ruben Seves is asking, discussing his sin. Um, I'm pretty sure you know there's quite a few verses about uh, lewd speech, and um, I can't remember the exact name for it and that Paul uses it or the King James uses for describing the, it's a it's it's translated as lewd speech, but the, the 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 implied meaning is there, yeah. right? Everyone knows yeah. that when you cuss, and no matter what language you cuss in, it stands out amongst regular speech. Yeah, I have seen some people, especially in the Torah community, who like to go down this path of saying there's no such thing as curse words uh, or cuss words defined in the Bible, and they go down this. I mean, I don't know why you would want to justify using foul language, whether it's 
explicitly listed out for you in the scriptures or not. For me, when I came to Christ, that was like one of the first things that started to change in me. I just Same. became uncomfortable using, and I used to, I mean, I was one of those chicks who thought it was so, thought I was, you know, a cool, oh, it sounded cool and hard if I, you know, dropped F-bombs and stuff. And now, you know, I have a, my little sister, it's like every other word is the F-bomb. And I, for me, I'm like, oh, I hear it now, how it it changes how you sound and how people perceive you and how you're coming across, definitely how you're coming across as a witness of, you know, a disciple of Christ. So I, that's one part of the Torah community, some people who go down that route that I have never understood why they would try to justify that. <clears throat> it's always one. What, what about today attracted the Trinitarians? I don't get it. I don't, I don't know. How does a, I don't know, maybe it's just the fact that we went live. Um, someone was asking about um, this one. Sorry, guys, we're not going to be able to get to all your questions. Stonewall is asking, do I think that the constellations have changed since the time of Christ? And no, I don't. Fixed in the heavens, perpetual. Um, this is expound in the Book of Job, Book of Enoch. Um, they're not changing. They're, yeah, that's uh, part of a you know the flat earth proofs. Apparently, there's seven of them back in the days of Enoch. There's seven of them that were removed from their place and their circumference in the heaven and are being held to the time of the consummation. And then there's another reference. I think it's Jubilees 19. that talks about the renewal of the stars in the firmament upon the second coming. So um, yeah, apparently there's some things going on up there, but uh, as far as from the time of Christ until now, no, I don't think that there's any change in the stars. They move like they always have. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. We'll just right. ignore it today. Baby. <laughs> no, All I right. just hope so, the mods caught that. Last question. Hey, Tom. How you doing, brother? Um, Tom is asking, you guys, if you haven't already, you can visit Tom's. If you want to hear some really awesome and unique praise music, um, you can go visit Tom's uh, YouTube channel. And um, it's our brother from England. And uh, he helps us with our contextual study guide. And so um, he's also helped me with um, some of the thumbnails you see, as well as I haven't, I haven't published them yet because we're waiting on Lighthouse, but he's even helped me with some shirt designs that we're going to have exclusively on Lighthouse when that comes out. But so, yeah, go show Tom some love. He makes he and another brother, I believe, make some really awesome praise music. And so go check out his YouTube channel. I believe it's at his YouTube name. Let me know, Tom, if it's different. Drop the drop your channel in the, in the live chat. But your question is about Revelation twenty two fifteen outside of the dogs, etc. Do you see this after the millennial reign or during? Bless you both. I see it as during and specifically the time period from when the New Jerusalem sets down to the point where all nations, the three or four months it takes for all nations that are being gathered from all the islands and coastlands, as Isaiah 66 talks about, because they're being pulled to that Matthew 25 moment of judgment. And so inside the kingdom um, is the glorified resurrected saints outside is where people are thrown where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth because they're about to be judged by the angels. They're going to be killed. Um, it's very similar to what Elijah did on Mount Carmel, first Kings 18, after he won the showdown, so to speak, then the 450 prophets of Baal were taken into the valley uh, down below and were slaughtered um, for their idolatry and for them trying to lead Israel astray. So in the same way, the New Testament usage of the word dog is a reference to a prostitute for pagan uh, temples. Yeah, it's not literally doggos. Yeah. I don't know how 
Yeah. I don't know how heavenly it would really be without dogs. <laughs> yes. So just as in the wicked kings of the earth are going to be pulled before Yeshua and judged, um, just as in all peoples from all nations will be pulled before him and some will be deemed goats. Those goats will be outside the kingdom where there's weeping gnashing of teeth waiting for judgment um, to be lawfully handled by the judges, which would be the angels, um, which is expounded upon in, in Matthew 25, 31 through 40, 46. And, um, and so this is the, the continuation of that judgment or, or more details to that judgment is he's uh, listing out the different qualifiers of sinful people that will be outside the kingdom. Um, so, because they're waiting judgment, right? Basically saying you can't get in if you do this kind of behavior. In the same way he tells the sheep, Matthew 25, um, you get in because you get to do this kind of behavior. But now they're not going to live permanently in there. They can walk inside after they're cleansed, um, but they can't live permanently in there. And these are the people that will, the sheep will re restart the millennial reign after the goats have been taken care of, so to speak. So, yeah, hopefully that's helpful for you. But that reference to dog, just like the, you know, Yeshua spoke to the Phoenician woman and called her. He said, you know, I cannot give to the dogs what was meant for the mm -hmm. children. Um, it's no, it's no coincidence that it was a woman because <laughs> <laughs> that was a cultural term used for the temple prostitutes. So, and a lot of people don't, this is kind of like, you know, PG 13 language, if you will, but it's the reality of the scriptures and yeah. that they had, Temple prostitutes set up, and they had both male and female prostitutes that that worked on a regular basis in these idol idolatrous temples, uh, for people to go in there, offer their sacrifice, do things with the prostitutes, and then then they left. I forgot to put my phone on, so I went. Yeah. So <laughs> I announced on Facebook too, so I'm getting lots of messages. Thank you, thank you everyone for um, your warm congratulations, and and uh, we're excited too. That's all the questions we'll do. We're going to end soon. We wanted to make this like 30 minutes. We're already 20 minutes over that. So we're, yeah. we're, we're going to do some Shabbat. <laughs> yeah. And again, just really, really appreciate ongoing prayers just against the spirit of fear and anxiety and just that we would have, you know, a complication free pregnancy and just get to really enjoy it. And um, yeah, I don't, don't really have anything else to ask as far as the prayers, just, Ladies know what to pray against as far as all the things can go wrong. I mean, I've got a whole list. I list out every morning in my prayers. I'm like, pray against this. And I, please don't let this happen. So, um, yeah. And then I guess just strength in case things don't go the way that I plan. Cause for a lot of women, you, you're, you have this whole birth plan and then it goes completely different than what you plan. So just prayers all around for my ability to emotionally and spiritually handle just anything that comes with this pregnancy. So we just really want to meet Levi. We want you guys to eventually be able to meet Levi. So we just, you know, just deeply, deeply appreciate all you guys praying for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In the future, I can have him on videos with me for a little bit. You don't want to have your child like, I don't know, maybe, maybe he'll make some cameos. How about that? No, I'm hoping he'll have the gift of teaching like his dad and that he can go into the family, the family business, business yeah, I guess, for lack of a better term, the family teaching business. Yeah. The family career working for the Lord. Well, so. by the time he's old enough to make that decision, um, Lord willing, we'll have not only the contextual study Bible done, but also have all these other things that we haven't revealed to you guys yet that we're working on for the future. And, uh, all of it is blessings and resources to draw people to the truth and the beauty of our amazing almighty heavenly father and his son, Yeshua of Nazareth, who's our King, our Lord, our Messiah, our Redeemer, 
and uh, he's the first of many brethren in the resurrection. And uh, we're excited to meet the Father and the Son on the day of the Lord. Yeah. And should that not happen for the next uh, 20 or 30 years, I plan to uh, put out lots and lots of resources and tools for us to better and quicker know true, awesome, sound doctrine that actually affects people's hearts um, and to help give us give us opportunities and to spread that around the world as much as possible. Because we we want to be a part of the Matthew 24, 14 promise that this yeah. gospel of the kingdom will reach all nations and then the end will come. Yeah. Not the gospel of prosperity, not the gospel of the Trinity, which is a separate thing altogether. And not just the gospel of his life, death and resurrection and boom, it's all the gospel done. Of the kingdom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not, not the gospel of come sign up at my specific denomination of church. Not, uh, not the Jehovah's witness gospel or the Mormon gospel, yeah. but that what Yeshua preached, which is the gospel of the kingdom of God, the coming reign of Christ on the earth, not reigning in heaven, Reigning on earth is the promise. Um, this is the gospel of the kingdom. That's the message people need to know. That's the message the kings of the earth and the unclean spirits are afraid of getting out. They don't right. want that getting out. So that's our heart. That's our passion. We want to give you guys resources to not only understand it, but to help spread that good news as well. We love everybody and appreciate you for being here. Yeah. Shabbat shalom, guys. Shabbat shalom. Have we'll a good see you week. next time.